0: Welcome, Highfalutin Ski bone Podcast, episode number one hundred and eighty-three. It is your pals in the same location, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, not much. I'm happy to be here. Look, it's not a, a, a you know optical illusion. We're actually in the same space. We both have our own our matching sweatshirts on, That's which right. is adorable. We're not we don't have the matching jumpsuits, which it was uh, it was discussed yesterday. I did bring it just in case. Of course you did. Um, never never travel without my. Orange jumpsuit. That's a smart move because you it's, never know. You never, you never know. know you're going to need that. That it, It's one of those things. It can really just change the direction of a party, of a social gathering. Exactly. It's highly of, visible for safety. It's highly visible. Highly visible. It is very bright. We go jogging at night. Everybody could see you. There was one morning last week I was driving to work and now, you know, it's very dark in the morning these days. The guy was running the wrong direction. You're supposed to be running against traffic, He's running with traffic in dark clothes on like a dark road nice he wants to die that's smart to death wish yeah that's he needs a, death a bright wish. orange jumpsuit that would change his whole game up that's kevorkian style he's, and it's pretty bad he's running kevorkian thank you everybody so much for listening please check us out ski skibumpodcast.com. we are on all the socials twitter instagram facebook at ski podcast youtube now mario i know you've been working on a youtube channel we got it kind of broken out so we have whole episode, then we have it broken out by segments, right? Yeah, we got two little channels now. So one is our regular High fluting and Ski Bums, and then the other one is Ski Bum Podcast channel. They're connected. Um, but the Ski Bum Podcast one has uh breakouts of all the separate sections so yeah so if you don't like the gondola or you don't like the apre and you want to go right to the ski news yeah. or right to the main topic you can do that now or if you want to just get a little under the ropes dose then go right ahead That's yeah all you got to listen to you know <clears throat> you can you could get the the two pound burger or you can get a slider you <laughs> exactly. got different slider options available exactly five sections five sliders exactly yeah. Yes, we're also on all your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. If you go to those, rate us, subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. We may have actually changed the logo on iTunes, we hopefully, think, maybe. Hopefully. let's see. Check to see if it updated right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, we also have a shop on our site. If you want to check it out, com slash shop. I know i have been talking about getting some new swag, and I got word this past week that it's finally coming in next week, so we should have some new stuff up there and available, which would be cool nice thank you everyone for who's been buying lately it's been we've been getting some some decent sales which is nice what else do we have anything else that's everything oh you can email us keep at gmail.com that would be cool too we've had a lot of making a lot of good connections lately uh, of course we want to give a shout out to our sponsor quickie wax they are they offer four different types of ski and snowboard wax warm weather all temp cold and they have the cleaner, too, you can throw on there after the season's over. Keep your your gear protected. It's owned by an awesome guy who is Colorado-based ski bum. He's got his own custom ski company as well. So check them out, quickiewax.com, Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X.com. Get some wax. Get ready for the season because you know what? It's already snowing, and they're already open in Colorado. So now is the time to get out there and get ready. It smells good. Smells good. Which one's that one? This is the warm temperature. Warm. Uh, look for the little skiing bunny on it. Great skiing logo. Bunny, yes. Love so with that, we're going to go into, as we always do, kicking it off. It's time for pray today. Now, Mario, this is a unique podcast because we're doing it in the morning, on a Saturday morning. You're here in New Jersey. Yeah. We're chatting. We probably drank enough for a couple of episodes last night. I think we'll talk about the opera that we had last night. Yes, we will get into that in a little bit. So we are not actually consuming alcohol, so that's why we may sound different. Maybe more coherent. Yeah. Maybe talk a little faster. I don't know. We definitely sound different when we're not at today. Apparently, talking to fans last night, um, they really noticed when I've been drinking. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, you know what? Your standard deviation is pretty large. It's That's not the a thing. You can, yeah. you know, you tend to have a huge range, whether it's one drink, two, three, Could four, be, five, six, seven. Yeah. Depends on the day and the drinks. So. I got to be the board operator, so I got to keep it a little more together. <laughs> I, I I usually two... I'd, well, there was the episode with Frank where I maybe did four or five. I think you drank a half a bottle of uh, whiskey, didn't you? That though? was a lot of whiskey, yes. But yeah. that was kind of a meandering podcast, so that was kind of allowed. That was a, yeah. We kind of, you know, it was the summer. We all knew what we were getting into. But we had the wine one. We were both drinking wine. There was that one. And I think we killed two bottles each or something. It was. No, it wasn't two bottles each. I don't know. It felt like it. It felt like it. <laughs> so today we're just drinking good old uh Good old coffee. And I got my awesome Colorado mug that I bought at the airport as I was leaving. It was one of those things. All I wanted was a mug. Just a mug. A Colorado mug, nice and simple, you know? Yeah. Got some coffee and uh, using that layered superfood turmeric creamer, which I think I've talked about before. It's good. I it tried turns, it today. It turns uh, everything yellow. But I don't care. It's awesome. Makes you pee yellow it's already yellow. That's true, it is. But yeah, like the uh those Yeti cups that we have, the Yeti Ramblers that we have that are available on the website. There's only like two more left, so if you want to get them, get them while you them can. Them podcast.com/shop. Uh it will turn the whole clear part of it yellow, but I don't care. It's good. It's delicious. It keeps you fired up. I've been drinking so much coffee lately because I love this creamer. It's it's pretty good. I guess it's really so. good. And it's superfoods. It's got some uh algae, coconut um cream, powdered coconut cream, I guess, turmeric. Yeah all good stuff. And Leonard Hamilton is a Superman and super athlete and smart, awesome guy and coffee connoisseur. So his stuff's good. It's not a sponsorship. It's just me talk talking about what I'm liking and what I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking water. You're drinking water. Just regular Kirkland water. Regular Kirkland water. That's it. I had my coffee fill, you know. Yeah. So I'm jacked up on coffee right now, which is good. But we do have a couple of fun apres ski stories to talk about. Yes, the good folks out in Park City and Breckenridge, Colorado now have a little rivalry going on. Yeah, I think they, every year we talk about this, right? Because yes. same time is when they do this. Park City successfully broke a record set in January by the Colorado Resort Community of Breckenridge for the world's longest shot ski. That was written weird. So Breckenridge had the record for the longest shot ski and then Park City broke it. Now, Breckenridge last year, I think, broke Park City. They keep going going back back and and forth. forth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting kind of crazy and ridiculous, like how long these shot skis are getting. Yeah. But now I think one of the things that I have an issue with, which not that anyone really cares that I have an issue with it, but Park City, aren't they using beer while Breckenridge is using whiskey? Well, and we had this conversation last night. Is it okay to put beer into a shot ski? Well, it better be because we did it last night. I know, and well, we were at a brewery, so of course you're gonna you're to put beer in it. You know, I think I think anything's allowed except for how about like non-alcoholic stuff, like milk. Is that well, remember, like I don't allowed. know if you listened to Opie and Anthony back in the day. They had a guy do shots of eggnog. It wasn't a shot ski, but it was shots of eggnog without any booze. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's weird. It's gross. It was for a contest. It was yeah. If you ever wanna. Mm google that there's some fun gnarly videos of, of that but so okay so it looks like park city did use whiskey because they did it at the high west distillery mm. so i guess they are using whiskey there which yeah. for utah that's getting pretty bold that's pretty big i respect that it's nice to see that they're putting on the man pants yeah Th- 1310 rye whiskey shot takers at once wow. that park city had which broke they're saying shattered here Breckenridge's record of 1,299 imbibers simultaneously hoisting shot skis on 450 skis. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's a lot of skis, that is a lot all tied together. Tied got, together. What's four or five per ski? Yeah, it depends. They could you could fit a bunch on there. Yeah, because the one that we used last night was four. Yeah, we mine right there has four. Yeah, I've seen them. I think at uh, Killington last year we did. Once you go to five, that's getting a little. I think we we do. Usually it's a five. You're adding a lot of points of failure there. Yeah. Because the more people you add, the more the more terrible things can happen. Leverage and height and there's a lot of variables. You got to break out the old school straight skis like the 250s and just turn those into shot skis. Yeah, right. There you go. You got some in the corner. I got a lot of old stuff in the corner now. All I need is my ski house that I can, I have all this stuff that I'm ready to hang up in my ski house that does not exist at the moment. Yeah, you got the uh, signs. You got. uh... Oh, you saw those? The new Killington signs? Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, those were from the Ski Vermont event. Oh, wow. Thanks to Courtney at Killington for hooking me up. Nice. Appreciate that. That's very cool. Yeah. So, you know, we got the rivalry between Breckenridge and. Park City which is pretty cool and then you have just the wild people at Sam Adams once a craft brewery now a giant brewery they have a new beer that is illegal in 15 states this is awesome 15 states and I'm sure Utah is one of them well it's funny it's legal in Utah it is they're saying um, oh no sorry it's illegal it's legal in New York State Yes, it's illegal in I'm going to read them off Alaska, Arizona, Georgia, Idaho, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, uh, South Carolina, Utah, Vermont, and West Virginia. It can't be shipped or sold to those states. So I'm looking at those states. Vermont, I'm disappointed. New Hampshire, I am very disappointed in you. I thought you were the live free state. They're not living that free. They have the whole free state project. There's no state income tax. Like they're supposed to be, you know, kind of the uh old school freedom representing state. And you can't even import beer from the next state over. Well, I guess it's probably going under like anti-moonshine laws cuz they're saying it's because it's 28% alcohol by volume. Um so it probably breaks that threshold. It's too alcoholic to ship. But New Hampshire, their whole thing is the live, free, or die state, and you can't ship some beer to them. Can't do it. Very disappointed in New Hampshire. You're better than that. You know it, and we know it. I'm surprised at Vermont, too. I mean, a lot of the states, obviously, I get, you know, Georgia and Oklahoma and Mississippi and Missouri, but yeah, New Hampshire and Vermont, a little disappointed. That's weird. West Virginia. Come on, man. Come on, you got nothing else to do. I mean, they're just afraid of the competition, right, with all the moonshiners. I think that's what it is. We only drink moonshine in this here state. That's right. You get your damn fancy uh, fancy Yankee uh, you know, beer and yeah, keep it up there. Your Yankee beer. Yankee beer. But yeah, they're saying it sells for $210 a bottle. Craziness. So each beer is barrel-aged and hand-bottled. The brewing company calls it America's most extreme beer. Extreme. Yeah, 28% by volume. And they've only made 100 casks. So, wow. very unique. So, if you can, if you can find this, get your hands on it, pick some up. And, hey, if you want to share with us, invite us over. Hit us, send us an email. SkiBombPodcast at gmail.com. Cool. We'd be happy to uh, imbibe with you. It's available a lot of ski places, though, right? California, it's there. Where else? Colorado, it's legal. Maine, Wyoming, Colorado. Yeah. All right, cool. A lot of the cool states. Cool, cool states. Very disappointed, New Hampshire, still. <laughs> now, that's going to wrap up the apres today. Now we're going to take a quick little sojourn. Let's get into the Genjula. And we got one quick story here. Pop-up cannabis clinic tours, Missouri, certifying people for medical marijuana cards. Nice. And this has just got to piss the politicians off in Missouri. Well, which that's is, probably why they're doing it. Seems like that's what they're doing. Which is perfect. Perfect. Which we are big fans of that. They're allowed to do it by law and they're doing it. And they're, you know, it's good. Yeah. Not cannabis. 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 It's a traveling group in, in Missouri where a psychiatrist certifies groups of people for medical marijuana cards. Dr. Zania Thomas is in good standing as a psychiatrist, according to Missouri law. She has the authority to approve anyone she believes needs medical marijuana. And she's saying that the state of Missouri is giving the doctor the ultimate authority to qualify someone for the card or not. So she decided to take this on a bus tour and she sees groups of 10 or 20 people at a time. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, people all over the place are suffering from different disorders, anxiety, panic. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what to do and, you know, don't want to get put on an antipsychotic drug because they have a lot of crazy side effects and problems. So, you know, a lot of people are getting help from, medical marijuana in this, you know, for those particular ailments. Yeah, this is a great idea because now people are certified. So they'll be like, hey, you know, why not just legalize it? Yeah. And it's one of those things, too. I think more people are finally having their eyes open to it. And, you know, for so long, it's been vilified. And Mm. whether it's by, you know, governments, propaganda, the tobacco and alcohol industries that, you know, people are finally seeing that really it's not as bad as, as it's been made out to be. And it can actually really help people. Yeah. With particular ailments, so it's cool seeing someone kind of taking it upon themselves to to help people out. And I'm sure this doctor is doing it too to make a make an extra buck or two. Nothing That's wrong great. with that. This is America. We're here yeah. to make money. It's a great idea. But Why not? It is going to be helping a lot of people, and it's going to get people off of a lot of terrible drugs with a lot of side effects yeah. that you know have really probably been uh, been hurting them. They're not, not even knowing it. I think they should do this in more states because <laughs> while it's medically available in a lot of states it's still not the easiest thing to get uh, a card for it. I think different states, it just varies. They have different rules. Like I know in Florida, you can get one pretty easily. You you see a doctor, uh, but then you got to re-see the doctor like every month or something like that. Really? To reinstate or... Stay in good status or... Right, we get a card. And I guess they they say they do it because they want to make sure that it's the right stuff to take. But I'm like, why every month? Like you know yeah so i don't know i gotta look into the law but uh yeah it's it's definitely you have to recertify so it's kind of weird that's a little prohibitive but yeah yeah but that's uh that's pretty great to see so dr thomas keep fighting the good fight we're here to support you fight the good fight. and that wraps up our quick little journey in the gondola let's go to ski news So we posted the podcast early last week. We did it on a Wednesday, and it wasn't until Thursday that all the the fun opening news came out out in Colorado. Yeah. So what had happened was (sighs) the folks at Keystone had posted out, I think it was the uh, Friday afternoon, saying, hey, you know, we're going to be opening Saturday for skiing. We're the first ones open, you know, come on out at 9 a.m. And now... Keystone is on the Epic Pass, owned by Vale. In one of the most thug life gangster moves ever, A-Basin, previously on the Epic Pass, newly joined to the Icon Pass, the rival, the Hatfield to the McCoys, yeah, says, Friday, we're opening at 3 o'clock Friday. Fire up the Come list. Come out. We're the first yeah. ones, bitches. <laughs> yeah, that was a little... uh. That was a nice little slap in the face, right? Oh, that was, that was hardcore. I mean, they've, uh, if there was any sort of chance to reconcile that relationship, I think that may have just been the, the dagger in the heart, the kicking of the dog. I don't know what that was, but it was, it was beautiful as an outsider. Really crazy. So right now it looks like a basin has one lift open and has about 18 inches of, of a base, which is, you know. Obviously pretty decent this time of year. Keystone, they have three lifts open, 20 trails, and about yeah 18-inch base as well. Very cool. So we can officially say that ski season has begun. It started. Which is I, beautiful. And I tell you what, the next thing we have to cover, we got snow coming. I think a lot more are going to start opening. Oh, yeah. So they're predicting, uh, well, this was yesterday, so I guess they're talking it's hitting... Potentially now, uh, one to two feet uh, are going to fall in the Pacific Northwest, um, Washington Cascades, eight to 12 inches likely for the Oregon Cascades. And the bulk of the POW uh, will come late Friday to Saturday in the Rockies. And all models are showing significant dump for the Tetons, 12 to 16 inches, Boom. Wasatch, 12 to 16, Central Idaho, 8 to 12, Northern Colorado, 9 to 14. And some higher amounts are possible. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it looks like there's going to be, um, it's funny the way they word it is, uh, the person's like, I'm being bullish for, for Crystal, <laughs> Brundage, Grand Targy, Alta, Beaver, Mountain, uh, Powder, Vale, Steamboat, so, uh, Highlands, Breckenridge, so that's, uh, could potentially be a nice little start to the season for everybody, right? Oh yeah, this, this could be that, that final push getting those other places starting to open which is great to see now is this earlier than last year i always try to try to figure out like because i never remember like right what time did it really start uh you know falling last year because it seemed very early this year you know what it was we got those crazy storms that happened in september so everything seemed like it was very yeah it was a, was a lot earlier but i think in terms of opening um last year i think it might have been a tiny bit earlier last year like a couple days earlier oh yeah um because what what was it? So it would have been the eleventh this year. So usually it's around like the seventh and the fifteenth yeah. of October. So That's kind that, of the range. In that same range, I guess. Yeah, it's it's right in the range. So, but it's always nice to see, you know, because you're always you're always wondering Kansas when they're gonna make the move. I know even up in Vermont, Killington had some significant snow. They're blowing snow, mount snow. They're all starting to blow up there, but they got Mother Nature to give them a little. A little a couple inches the last couple of days. Killington's got the World White. Cup. They got a blow up by uh Thanksgiving. Yeah. Whiteface was showing they got some snow. So it's it's wow. coming down. Yeah. Ski I season mean, is upon us. Killington, think about it. They have four it's roughly four to five weeks for that for them to get ready for that World Cup event. Well, the nice thing is Thanksgiving is really late this year. Mm. I think it's the thirtieth or the twenty ninth. It's very late. Mm. Maybe the twenty eighth. Whatever yeah. like the extra latest day it can be. So yeah. they get an extra week. Well, that's not bad. Which is good and bad. You never know. Yeah. The weather is uh, kind of crazy to predict up there. Yeah. So that was an awesome move by, uh, you know, going back to A-Basin for pulling that off and, and being first. But this is, it's almost, it's a, it's like, you know, with everything. Everything evolves, everything grows, everything changes. And it seems like this turf war, this battle to be first yeah, is going to... It's, it's going to get battle. bigger and crazier. Last year it was actually Wolf Creek that opened first. Oh, okay. now that I'm, now that I'm jogging my memory. Cause I remember Nick was all super psyched about that. Yeah. Cause it's always Loveland and a basin. And this year, Keystone kind of huh. threw a tad in. Got to jump in there. It's like, you're you going to like mark your territory. You got to guard your turf. Yeah. So everybody knows who's the first one to open. Yeah. This, I, this next one is pretty good. This next one, we found this on SnowBrains, and this is a crazy story. So attention bargain hunters, top winter brands are at a steal at Unclaimed Baggage Center's annual ski sale. Unclaimed baggage. List. Unclaimed baggage. Like who would ever, who'd ever thought, you know, that there's that much unclaimed stuff? I had no idea. Yeah. So you get, so save the date, Saturday, November 2nd. So you got a couple of weeks to plan this, two weeks actually. Two weeks, from yeah. when we're recording this. There is the Unclaimed Baggage Center in Scottsboro, Alabama. It is a treasure trove of unclaimed luggage items sold at discounted prices. They host the event as a first chance shopping opportunity to snag impressively discounted outerwear and gear before the first flurries of winter arrive. And, you know, it's got all the, the big name brands. And it starts on November 2nd, um, and they have the night before a big camp outside the store set up with open air movies and pizza and games suited for kids of all ages. Wow! The next morning, hot coffee and donuts fuel the troops for musical coolers and the 60-second showdown ski sale style, along with the exciting gift card giveaways, competitions, and, of course, shopping. It says guests come from all over the country to this event. I can imagine people... If they, if they said people are camping out the night before, so I'm like, this is a pretty big deal. Look, I never knew anything like this even existed. Like I've heard, I've always heard like the post office has unclaimed packages and things like that, but they do some kind of weird auction cause it's, I guess, government controlled. But, uh, yeah, this unclaimed baggage, I guess. This is last year's site. They're under no real, um, you know, government restriction. I guess you don't claim your baggage. Eventually, it's just gonna go bye bye somewhere. And you know they have that store unclaimed freight, yeah. Which I guess is kind of a similar thing. But yeah, they're uh, this is like a big deal. We'll have the link in the show notes to the website. But they have like a hashtag contest starting on October twenty fifth, twenty first. Sorry, so another couple days. Monday it's starting. Yeah, Monday. Uh, they're gonna have winners. You can get gift cards mm-hmm. for the best best posts. Um, There are six stuffed abominable snowmen hidden throughout the unclaimed baggage each day. And you bring a snowman to guest services for 15% off. Nice. This seems like a really fun event. Yeah, it sounds like they probably move all that that merchandise out. Yeah, it's so funny how it's in Alabama and it's a big ski sale and people come from all over the place to go to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's so kooky. I love this. (laughs) This would be fun to do a podcast live from. Oh yeah, just the mayhem. And they actually have a really nice website too. Unclaimed Baggage Center. Hmm? So unclaimedbaggage.com. there's a link on there if you want to check it out, but we'll have it in the show notes as well. Saturday, November 2nd. I wonder if like people like now this is a kind of a morbid, horrible thought. I wonder if something it's like imagine like you died and they yeah. like went into your hotel room and like like say you were at skiing and you died. Yeah. And you had a couple pairs of boots, skis, like would they take your stuff and then sell it? Or is it stuff left in the airline? So like you go. Yeah, super high. You super high. You get out. Check your bags and get on your plane. You ju- Or you just go home and you forget your bags there. And then you're like, ah, I don't want to pick them up. It's too much of a hassle. I may have a father-in-law who got too high once at a certain resort in Vermont and left his skis on the the you know the ski uh, racks outside. <laughs> needless to say, they were not there. Allegedly, perhaps. They weren't even good skis. He hated them, actually. Oh, did he? He was like, woohoo. Chance to buy new skis. Oh, he went right out and bought some new skis. Next too. goddamn... Well, were You we were there that day. Remember when it took him forever to get his skis? Yeah. That was a bit of a... Bit of a shit show. Bit but, of a shit show. But, you know. Yeah, he got them. And he got a story out of it. He manned up. He got the new skis. He's like, all right, time to buy some And he's new like, I might need new poles, too. Oh, yeah. He he's, started buying he's everything. Went all out. It was great. Yeah. All right, next up we have... Meyer Skis decided to... Uh, apply for a liquor license so they can start serving, um, alcohol to customers. I think it's a great idea. We've actually partaken in, um, in Europe where they've, we've gotten beers walking around the showroom. They're like, Hey, you guys want a, would you like a beer? We're like, yeah, who doesn't want a beer? And, uh, and they said too, right? We can't sell it to you, but we can give it to you. Give it to you. Yeah. And they had a little bar there and everything it was really cool. So, um, I guess Meyer skis, they're like, hey, let's have a little bar in the uh in the ski shop, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they've applied for a liquor license. They're not sure if they're gonna get it yet. But I mean it's a great idea. And they're so Myers actually they do custom skis. Yeah. So they you know, if you have a link with a video on there and it shows, you know, they talk to the, the CEO and he kind of goes through the whole process of it. You know, it's like thirteen hundred bucks. You get custom skis, custom graphics. They're really cool. And they what they do is they're trying to have like ski tenders, you know, like a bartender or a bud yeah. tender where you go there, tell them exactly what you want, have a beer, talk about it, and then they'll make their ski for you. Right. And actually, for their business model, it works real well to have like that kind of amenity, you know. Come on, sit down for a little bit, have a beer, talk about it. Like that's, you want that little personal touch, you know? Yeah. So it fits. It's not just, hey, let's get hammered and look at skis. You know, it's, yeah, that's no, it's just, not a good idea. Let's just chill out and talk and relax. And if if you actually went out and got hammered and were buying skis, do you know any pairs of Snowblades you'd own? You'd have just <laughs> Snowblades and Mono skis. Those look awesome, man. Let's just get them. Why don't you go to the unclaimed baggage, hammered, buying skis? Uh, mon- uh, can you imagine if they had Monoski's there? You would have you'd have like six Monoski's. Snowblade Palooza. Snow the Mono snowblade? Mono snowblade. They made one. Mm. <laughs> and you now have it. But yeah, the Meyer concept is really cool. I mean, we have to get out to that place next time we have to Colorado because they're making some beautiful skis. I mean, I've never skied on a pair of theirs. Yeah, they look nice though. But they look gorgeous. They, you know, you actually can work with their graphic designer too to customize the the, top the graphics top sheets yeah you know the style of ski the size and they like leaving a lot of wood showing uh to show like the natural wood that they use and they, and it's all colorado wood they use yeah it's replenishable and stuff so mm-hmm. very cool very cool yeah so nice job the folks at Meyer and hopefully you get that liquor license because that would be oh yeah a pretty awesome experience game changer yeah so speaking of awesome experiences we are going to roll and drinking and drinking (laughs) yes very true we're gonna roll into our main topic and now Mario you are in New Jersey yes why pray tell is that so I came up for a very special event Uh, if anybody's looked at our uh, I think we put it out on Twitter Instagram Facebook we've been talking about about for a few weeks now yes and um, we you know, partnered with, uh, Rich from All About Opry, um, and, uh, Jill from JillBeth Travels, uh, JillBethTravel.com, um, to do an event right here, right near Brian's hometown. Yeah. Uh, we were in Red Bank, New Jersey at the Red Tank Brewery. Yes. And we had our ski season kickoff. Yeah. Extravaganza. So I came up for that, for the extravaganza. And um, what was cool is like, you didn't, like, tell me till Thursday that you were going to do it. Yeah. I was thinking about it and I was like, all right, let me pull the trigger and do it. So, and we did it on Friday night and yeah, you got in Friday afternoon. Yeah. And I have to say first, a big thank you to Rich and to Jill Yeah, for, they did a lot of legwork. We were kind of the, you know, we were like the, the dorky little, like little brothers tagging along because those guys have so many connections and know so many people. And, yeah. you know, we do you know, our fans were they're kind of all over the place we don't have a lot of people who are super local to us but we did have some some friends who came out so thank yeah. you john and yeah. frank and gary for making it out which was really cool yeah that was really cool and to everyone who showed up i mean we met some really great people and which you know ski clubs we met a bunch um, of ski clubs and just people who cool. were just you know just skiers and boarders who were yeah. just excited that there's something going on in the area and that's what everyone that we talked to said it's like it's great that People who are, you know, skiers and boarders are doing something together in this area. Right. Because, again, if you're in Colorado, if you're in Utah, if you're in Wyoming, you're in Vermont, you know, you have so many things going on because you're close to the mountain. It's easy to have a, a social connection. Right. While here, you know, we're at the beach and, you know, we're all thinking about our trips and getting away, but we're not really doing anything together here. Yeah. So it made it Just over. waiting for the season. Yeah. And, and talking it. about things. Like, that's yeah. kind of what our podcast is. It's just us talking about things instead of actually skiing all the time. Yeah. But, you know, but it was a lot. It was a fantastic event. So, yeah. So thank you, to everyone who showed up and everyone, you know, Rich and, and Jill for helping get it set up. And yeah, it was awesome that you made it up here. Yeah, I'm glad. And it was a really cool event. So we was at a brewery. Red Tank Brewing. Now, if you were there, you know how many giveaways we had. It was yes. pretty ridiculous. Like we couldn't even, we almost couldn't give all the stuff away. It was almost like there was one giveaway for everybody that showed up. Yeah. And also, yeah. It was very close. Big thank you to all the resorts who, who hooked us up. I mean, we had yeah. stuff from, you know, we had some stuff from Quickie Wax. We gave out some some shirts and some hats. But the resorts, they were, you know, I think Sugarbush and Killington gave out lift tickets. Um, Jill Beth Travel gave away. Um, Sun Valley. Sun Valley. Uh, like Val- Lodging and and lift yeah. tickets. Lodging lift tickets. There was two days. And right? it was cool that, that John won that one. That was great. That was awesome. You know? Wow. But yeah, so, that was a nice little package. I was like, "Ooh, it was really nice." And there was some some great bourbon. There was coffee. The there was yeah, uh, you know, just general swag too. There was that great uh, cowboy, California cowboy gift certificate. Yeah, that was another big one. What else was there? there was so much stuff. There's a lot of good giveaways. So yeah, and like you said, almost everybody walked away with something. But everybody else, everybody else that didn't win, a few people that didn't. They got to hang out with us and beers and great conversation. I mean, I talked to so many different people just, you know, in different clubs, different walks of life, different occupations. And everybody was just happy talking about, you know, the idea of skiing and getting out there. Yeah. And we had a good mix of people and like, we didn't, you know, I know, you know, Rich had a lot of locals and friends that were there, but like, I don't, I, I, we knew three people going into this that were coming and it was great. Really meeting a bunch of different people, making some connections. We learned about a great new ski club, The the Miramar Club, based out of New York City, they have a lodge. Like, they don't own a house. They have a lodge in Waitsfield. 52 person. It sleeps 52 people, no more than two to a room, and all the rooms are separated by a bathroom. How crazy is that? Oh, Mike, that's pretty sweet. And that's what the club owns. Yeah. How cool is that? And it's in Waitsfield, so it's right by Sugar Bush and Mad River. And they, say and they do they bus do trips every round. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Year round. So you go up in the fall, you can go up in the spring, summer, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But, uh, they were almost like, I don't want to say hijacking the event, but they really, they made their themselves pretty, Oh, they came pretty well known. They came right out to start, you know, talking to they people. They were pitching. Oh yeah. They, they were, were pitching, pitch. but no, they, they, their club was great. And you know, the folks we talked to from there were, were really nice and, and really helpful. And, they, uh, it, they made it seem very attractive. And that was one of the cool things, too, was, I mean, I know you were always talking about getting us into a ski club. And I was like, eh, I'll just do our own thing. Yeah. And then you get into one of these clubs and you go on these trips and you meet people and you realize, like, how many how much fun it can be and what kind of good people you can meet on them. But it's also that contact point and collaboration. So you get to talk to people about, oh, I didn't know that, you know, you could go backcountry skiing over in this resort. because. Like, you're going to meet people that have taken trips to other places. So it was really neat. Um, I remember speaking to, um, what was it? Um, I forgot his name. I got it written down from a uh, central Jersey ski, ski and snowboard club. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice talking to him. Cause he was like, you know um, he helps plan some of the trips for the club and it's nice to hear some feedback like, Oh uh, we went there or we're looking to go there. And then I'm sure, you know, he picked up some feedback from other people about, Oh, I've been to this place and you know, it's, it's really good to do that. Well, I think some of those clubs, too, you know, luck, we've been, we were lucky to be part of the Hoboken Club, which was pretty, pretty dynamic. But some of, I think some of the other clubs that are a little smaller tend to be a little stagnant and stodgy, too. And, yeah. you know, you can kind of tell by their website and their social media, they're not really kind of not really having the modern experience. So, you know, getting together with people like that, where we're like, hey, why don't you try doing this or look into this and we can help you out with this. And it helps modernize their experience and gets their club members more excited to do more unique things. Yeah. Which is well, tough events sometimes. like this that are not, so if a ski club hosts an event, a lot of times people are going to only go if they're in the club or if they're interested in joining that club. But how do you know you want to join that club? How do they get members outside of who they already have? right? So events like this, it's like a good opportunity for them to meet other people and say, Hey, do you want to join a club? Like this is what we're about. So it's kind of cool to have that. Yeah. And it's nice for us too, because we get to talk to people and we get to see, cause you know, we, we tend to live in our little bubble of what we're doing with the podcast. It's cool talking to people to be like, Hey, what would you want to hear? What would be, what would help us put on a better show? what would make it more exciting for you? Oh, if you had more interviews or you had more gear reviews or you win more trips, Hey man, we'd love to go on more trips. That's yeah. kind of our goal eventually. That's what we want to do. But hearing what people are saying and, and having some feedback and you know being able to, you know, tweak the model a bit yeah. is great for us. It's great for the clubs. And it just at the end produces a better product for everybody. Yeah. I think too, like having an event like that, um, at red tank was a great place to host that it was very open, you know, they had a band, uh, the beer was good. Um, and they had like the whole window, like the whole front is all windowed. So it was funny. We were in there and I think some people just stopped in to see what's going on. (laughs) And then they find out, Oh, you're a ski club. And it's kind of like, it's cool to have that where people are interested to see, like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like Red Bank is a really cool little town and we're trying to almost turn into like this little, the best nowhere near a ski town, ski town. Yeah. That's it, what we're trying to turn it into. It's got a nice little downtown that we found out from, I think it's Central Jersey. They're uh, one of the ones that kind of pushed to host the Warren Miller movie down in Red Bank now. Yeah, which is great. So they're going to be hosting and, you know, we're going to, we, we December, offered to help them out December 4th. Yeah. So it's after Thanksgiving. So we'll probably be there at that. And so, and because Rich and I had talked about it for a couple of years now, like, why don't we do something? And, you know, it's. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of trouble. We're doing so many other things. So we never got around to it. We also talked about trying to get Wayne Brady to come down from the Count Basie Theater, like a block or two up to come after show to our event. Wayne Brady was performing at the theater like less than a block away. (laughs) So we kept like messaging him on on Instagram. Be like, hey, man, you should come by and grab a grab a beer. Yeah, we love Wayne Brady. Uh, Who doesn't? Awesome. Awesome. Does Wayne Brady have to choke a bitch? (laughs) So I was like, all, after you've done choking, Chappelle, bitches, can you come out and have a beer with us? That's right. <laughs> all Chappelle's show. I seriously don't know anything Wayne Brady does except for Chappelle's show. I think and he, let's make a deal. He hosts that show. Yeah. My mom watches that every day. Yeah. So I'll watch it with her sometimes. Um, And then uh, what was it? It's uh, what's my line? Was that the other whose one? Whose line is that? Is it anyway? The one where they all did all the improvs. He's all, he was awesome in that. Yeah. I think it's whose line is it anyway? Right. Drew Carey and... Drew Carey hosted. Yeah, I don't remember the name of that. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong. I think it was a British show originally, right? And then they moved it over to... Yeah. Across the pond. Across the pond. Fancy a little tickle. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's talk about the beer that we had at... Uh, the oh. Man, the many beers we had. Yes. Um, I kind of was partial to... So, Rich said he recommended the Tempest Fugit as uh as one of his favorites. Um and it's a pale ale, American Pale Uh that was really good. Uh I gotta say I did like the pumpkin that they had. That was probably my favorite, which I'm almost embarrassed to say. It was but a surprise. But not embarrassed. But it was a surprise because usually it's sweet and syrupy and a little over flavored. Mm-hmm. This was like well balanced and it wasn't wasn't too over the top in any way. It yeah good. it was really it was just like a smooth, almost like a lager, right? Yeah. It was smooth, had that little bit of like something going on. And you're like, oh, that is a little bit of pumpkin, but not not that sweetness. Yeah. But it almost had almost like a more of an imperial taste, like a feel to it, but it wasn't heavy. It's very good, yeah. Yeah, they did a really nice job with it. It was their Saucy Jack Pumpkin Marzen. Was that it? Yeah, that must have been it. Wow, so it's a Marzen. Marzen, okay. Is that like marzipan? Sort of. (laughs) Well, it's like an Oktoberfest beer is a Marzen. yeah. But they, we tried, uh, the IPA was okay. I think I tried the Saison. Uh, the that was pretty good, the Chateau Saison. Yeah. But the the um the Fugit. Tempest Fugit. Tempest Fugit was very good. The Pale They've come a long way. So they've been open for a year now, like only a year of the Red Tank Brewery. And when they first started out, went there once in January. There was maybe only like five beers they had. They had probably, what, 10 now? Oh, they had a lot. And they had that one. I don't think it's, oh, here it is. The Darth Maulco. The Darth Malt <laughs> Black Saison. Yeah. Uh, Farm Hail Sale Saison. It was really good. Um, yeah. Andrea had that and she really liked it. Yeah. I tried it. It was like, it was, it was weird. It, was, it wasn't like a stout, it was stout like, but it was like just a whole different flavor profile. And uh, the bartender said like they're one of the only ones like in the area that's brewing that kind of beer. Oh, nice. Which was kind of neat to hear. Yeah. No, it was very good. But all, everything that they had there was was exciting and good. And, you know, so going back to the, we talked about the Schatzky earlier, the Park yeah, City Breckenridge right. rivalry. If you go to our Instagram or All all.apres or, or Jillbeth Travel, there's videos of us doing a couple of shot skis with beer. With beer. Because I mean, we were at a brewery. That's right. And there was no liquor. And the person who won the bourbon basket was not about to share their <laughs> bourbon with us, which is probably all for the better. Probably smart because it probably wouldn't, we wouldn't have had a basket. We wouldn't then. have appreciated it exactly. We would have just chugged it like a bunch of you know heathen animals. Yeah, but Rich had this really nice shot ski from Facet Skis. Yeah, and shout out was, to Facet. Yeah, it was a full size ski, and it had it was it was so cool. It had little plastic ski boots, like shot ski boots, yeah. attached to the ski. I mean, this thing is like the it's pretty cool Cadillac of shot skis, and it holds a lot because that tip of the toe. Das boot. Das boot. Has a yeah. whole boot in there. I mean, the ski boot. You fit in probably about two shots. So it was actually probably smart to do it with beer. Yeah, if we did with whiskey, it probably would go downhill. Two shots of whiskey each time. That's yeah. I think the facet guys are usually at the Boston Snow Show, so we should make sure we find them. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they're on the list. They maybe. Uh oh. I know I they're. They are. They're out in the Colorado one, but let's see. I would think they. I mean, they're local. They're in Connecticut, so they should. They should. Yeah, be, they should. They should be up there. Hopefully they will be, because that would be a lot of fun. I think they should be. I, we think they should be. If right. we were the judge, jury, and executioners of the Boston Ski and Snowboard Show, then they would be in attendance, but we're not. They're not listed, but it oh, doesn't boy. mean that they're going to be there. Oh, boy. Not be there. Well, hopefully they're still making these shot skis, and that they will be there, because we'd love to partake with them. Meyer's going to be there. We just talked about that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. we got to connect with those guys. Jay skis we saw them last year. Jay skis yeah. A parlor we always touch base with them yeah till i die will be there and oh that's a little teaser yeah we may be talking to it. the founder of till i die next week on the podcast scheduled another teaser we have a bunch of interviews coming up like we're we're rolling hard with the interviews now Yeah, there's gonna be a lot less chit chat and a lot more interviewing so if you love say. us just meanderingly talking about things that we really probably know like 20% about, you're going to be very disappointed in the next few weeks because and we're going to have some some fun guests. We'll still have to. the under the ropes. That's where we talk about a lot of shit there. That's kind of our, our <laughs> bread and butter, if you That's will. Right. That's right. But we're having some great guests coming on. So the yeah. event last night was fantastic. We talked to some great people. I also attended with Rich the Icon Pass event in New York City. This past Tuesday. Mm. And that was. A, Johnny Mosley. That was a great event. Yes, of course. I posted on Instagram and sent it to all my friends. my friends. I'm like, it's just me with Johnny Mosley. Like, no big deal. Just chilling. It's all good. It's my buddy So Johnny Rich, Rich no- had met him before and did an interview with him. And he says he knows him. I'll give him that. Hey, I had a picture with Hulk Hogan, man. We, that's That's true. We're actually. <laughs> we're blowing up with the celebrities. Blowing up. Seriously. Celebrities knocking on our door. Can I have a picture with you? Hulk Hogan, Johnny Mosley. Like, this is getting big. I think that's one of the keys to success. You have to have a picture with us, and that springboards your career. That's right, because the Hulk could really use us right about now. Yeah. I'm just saying that's what I think the formula is. So I at that icon event, I was, you know, talking to a few people and I'm walking up to the bar to get a drink and and I see Rich with Johnny Mosley and he's like, I'm like, Brian, come here, come here. He's like, I want to introduce you to, you know, my buddy Johnny. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I was like, So hey cause we talked about this before in the podcast. I'm like, so I'm trying to learn how to do a backflip. <laughs> like, can you give me some tips? <laughs> he's, and he's kind of like, yeah, I'm trying to not do backflips anymore. <laughs> he's like, well, up your insurance and make sure you, you know, he was telling us a story about, he was at like a, doing like a corporate event and he was taking people around and he's like, I went and did a moguls run, you know, and I was kind of like, you know, showing off a bit and he's like, I see this jump at the end. I'm like, I'll go hit this jump and do a backflip. Cause he went to go do a backflip. And like, over rotated oh, no. and just slammed his like his head his down head. and he was like all kind of like, like wonked out and he said it was like bothering him for days. Went to the doctor, broke his fucking neck. Wow, holy yeah. crap! And meanwhile, you put on a, a, a you know a tough face like, oh yeah, I was just trying to show off for you and like, oh yeah, you know I just whatever. Yeah, and then you got a broken neck. <sighs> Brutal, right? Because you can't lay there and be like, oh call you know call a stretcher. Like you just get up and shake it off. You know. Yeah. Crazy, but no, he was uh he was like a really really cool guy, and I was chatting with him a bit, and I was chatting with friggin' John Egan from Sugarbush, like just talking to a bunch of reps. Like it was a lot of fun, and nice. it's funny because you know you go to most ski anything, it's usually what seventy percent dudes, seventy five percent dudes. You go to a media event in New York City, it's like sixty percent women. Yeah, because a lot of the PR folks, a lot of the marketing folks, a lot of the freelancers or writers who just want to get free drinks. <laughs> no offense ladies but you love those free drinks well, there's a lot of women that have embraced the sport now i mean it's good yeah it's but it's predominantly if you go to any sort of ski event it's mostly dudes, a lot of dudes. let's be honest actually our event last night we had um uh, i think mostly women we had a great mix we had a good mix i gotta a really say a good mix yeah i think it was over 50 percent were women it was pretty good i could say 55 45 yeah it was, it was close but it close was close to even but I yeah think it was a, yeah I think because it was like a social event and they're like, oh, I'd love to go out. And all the guys were like, like their husbands or boyfriends are like, yeah, I'm going to go stay home and watch the Yankees, watch the Yankees, which is fine. But it was, uh, that's good too. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And like I said, the icon pass, you know, it was a great location. It was at the new museum in New York and it was a beautiful night. So we're able to go outside and, you know, take it all in and had some great food and high West was there giving plenty of drinks, which was good. A lot of, a lot of, uh, old fashions were poured that night good and a little sloppy you know it wasn't too too bad luckily Rich and i got to sit on the train because the the week before at the other event we had to stand and we were pretty banged up and we're drinking beers on the train standing up and Uh. i'd won a backpack and i had my own backpack and another bag i had like all these bags like sloshing around the new jersey transit train which was a bit of a mess but this was a great event and uh, you know Both these events this week, you know, some days you get kind of bummed out. Like we're doing this podcast. Does anybody care? Is anyone listening? Like, I'm like, I'm wasting our time. And then you get, you have these events and you just get so fired up. You're like, how do we make this better? What can we do? How can we get to more people? What's the next thing? Who are we going to interview? Like, it just, it's like a refueling almost of like passion when you have an event like this. Well, and even like, especially last night, it was a little bit more intimate, but we were, you know, talking to people about, well, let's collaborate. Let's do something together. Let's work together. So it's kind of kind of nice. We, we talked to Jill and, and Rich about, you know, what are we going to do together next? You know, so. Yeah. And like, you know, we're, we're talking about blowing this out next year, you know, yeah. making it a bigger event, going, doing more stuff, doing, because, you know, Rich sent out in his email, which you can check out at com. He did a, a mailing this week talking about Johnny Mosley having a uh, ski Fest. Nice. Where it's got like a, a fitness component. It's got uh, an apparel component. You know, so it's like kind of a, a mix of a few different things, getting you ready for the season. And like, that'll be really cool. Do like, maybe like a hike or a 5K or something before. Yeah. And then have the, you know, the, the party afterwards. Doing a little food, little drinking. Or do it a whole weekend. You know, have a yeah. whole big like weekend festival. Sure. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff that we can do. So it was cool that this was so successful because it now allows us to go, okay, so we did this. Let's ratchet it up twenty percent next yeah. year, something a little bit bigger. Put it on the schedule and let's we'll start planning it and we'll let people know. We're yeah, we gonna have, have we it. did it in about a month. So it was it was relatively quick. And luckily, yeah. again, you know, Jill and Rich had some great connections, so it made it a lot easier to put this together. Yeah. But it was uh it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It awesome. was really fun. And and you know, if we can do this all over the place, that would be even better. It's like, hey, we're we traveling around. Do a go on a tour. Maybe follow one of the big ski movies going and we just kind of just have like a rogue van party outside that's it do like a uh renegade party yeah like tailgating yeah tailgate for the for the ski show for the ski movie it'll be like uh would work it's remember we talked about like the burning man skiing man skiing man i'll have our traveling skiing man festival yes travels it travels traveling skiing man traveling skiing man i think we'd have to do yeah we have to work on that. That concept could work. We need a camera person. We need a van. There's a we, few things that we need to make this happen. We need some logistics, yeah. But at least we know that we could pull off what we pulled off yesterday and can now push it to the next level. It could be like a beer tour, brewery tour as well. Oh, cool. Oh, that's a great idea. Or different breweries. Yeah. That could be one of the days. Another day it could be like tailgate in the parking lot. Yeah. Not bad. And have like a... Uh, have events. CrossFit or five k or something, and during the day, then go to the brewery. Feats of human strength. That Feats would of work. strength. Yeah. Feats of strength. Ka- uh, what's it called? The uh caber toss. Oh, They're doing Scotland it. with the giant pole, giant There's ski. Ch- oh, Chuck a giant ski, ski. A ski caber toss. Ski. That's right. The ski caber. This is this has got potential. It's got potential. I'm glad this is being recorded because we're gonna need to go back to this and take some notes. And write it down. This and, is good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. This good this could work. It's got legs. Yes. So anything else you want to add or you want to wrap this up? I don't know. I got to catch a plane soon. So yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up, uh, but not after we go under the ropes. That's true. So thank you again, (laughs) everyone for showing up yesterday for partaking. Uh, Check us out on the socials. If you want to see some pictures of how it went down at ski bump podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want more information or you want to plan an event and want us to come, Hey, hit us up ski bump podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes the first one i know you want the second one i don't know i think you you read the article a little more all right i'll, I'll take, the first, take one. the first one these are good ones they're quick <laughs> they're really they're beautiful good. uh so there's an Iowa man that was arrested for the possession of a fake mclovin <laughs> id while in a bar um so daniel alfredo burleson on friday was uh stopped with a drink in his hand uh in a in a bar and um He's a 20-year-old guy, and uh, police said that he admitted uh, drinking the – the drink had vodka in it and refused to show the officer his ID. So detectives took him outside, and he showed his real ID and confirmed he was under the age of 21. They then asked him for his fake ID. Of course, he said, no, I don't have one. And then, of course, they went through his wallet, and they they said it was a fake Hawaii ID. (laughs) <laughs> with with the name McLovin <laughs> and date of birth 63, 1981. So uh it, he said he got it from Amazon and it uh it's inspired by the film Superbad from uh, two thousand seven. Um if you haven't seen Super Bad right now, stop the podcast now and just watch it. It's still one of my absolute favorite comedies. It is so goddamn funny that's awesome but this article has a picture of the kid i guess kind of a mugshot and he's like smiling he looks like the guy from mr robot a little bit but like a little bit less weird yeah like if you kind of if you could photoshop remy malik's face to make him look normal and happy he would look like mclovin here yeah he also looked like um the guy that played maybe spider-man or something he's got a very uh very positive happy look to him yeah that's pretty this funny. is one of the happiest mug shops ever he's like all oh, smiling he's, he's like, a handsome fella mclovin that's right he's mclovin <laughs> that's great and if your real name is mclovin and you have an id write to us we want to yeah we want to meet you we should get fake mclovin ids and make yeah. us seem younger <laughs> That that'd be good that'd be great right yeah what are you an irish r&b singer <laughs> god damn, love that line all right and now we got the final story This this is a humdinger. This is a humdinger. This is a humdinger, as they say. (sighs) Elton John could stay hard for days on cocaine, would watch men have sex, his memoir reveals. Wow. That's a big title right there. That's, there's a lot to unpack there. Did you see the movie Rocket Man? No, I didn't see it. Neither did I. But, you know, it's obviously based on Elton John, and he's got a new memoir out called Me? Not holding anything back in (sighs) this book. That's crazy. Yeah, he uh, he tended to party and he would, you know, often black out. And he said uh, he was a big fan of the cocaine and he found it as an aphrodisiac, which was strange because for most people, it kills the erection side of things completely. He writes, never a problem for me, I'm afraid. Quite the opposite. I took enough coke. I would stay hard for days. Days. Damn. Um, yeah, and then some highlights of the article, the uh, strip snooker, right? (laughs) Yeah, he describes uh, the fantasy of cocaine. He said it would make him feel open to new things sexually. I did things on coke that I would never have the courage to do or try if I hadn't been, he said. It takes inhibitions out of people, even straight guys sometimes. (sighs) Retro or in straight guys. And he said he had a snooker room that he would use to seduce guys. Wow. He says, it usually seemed to do the trick, especially after a couple lines of coke. A <laughs> couple lines of coke, a little bit of snooker. Oof! There was some... Uh, and then what was the comment? Don't come on the snooker table? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> he said there was really... He said the big problem with Elton John was is that he was extremely house proud. He's like, so people would end up having sex on the snooker table. or Other people would because he preferred to watch instead of partake. He was a voyeur, and he said, which is, you know... I guess, hey, that's your thing. But he he said he got sexual pleasure from getting a bunch of people who wouldn't normally have sex with each other to have sex with each other. And watch. And he would just watch and took Polaroids and organize things. And yes, he said uh, it would be kind of a massive turnoff when he would be like, hey, don't you uh, finish on my beautiful snooker table because I have to get it cleaned. Which is kind of... Uh. Something I never thought I'd ever hear myself saying or reading, but you know. Yeah, that's crazy. But I guess to his benefit, he said not being into having sex is the reason why he never got HIV. That's interesting, right? Because he said he had multiple ex-boyfriends become HIV positive. Because, I mean, he partied with Freddie Mercury and, you know, again, other folks who uh, may have succumbed to uh, AIDS. But yeah, he said, yeah. Coke and kind of being a voyeur worked out better for him. Yeah. So now there's a lot of stories coming out, especially with that memoir. Yeah. Be uncover a lot of secrets, probably. Yeah. That Rocketman movie is kind of just a probably just a little PG-13 dabble into what it was. Tip of the iceberg, you say? Tip. Just the tip. Just the tip of the iceberg. Yes, indeed. Just the tip. Yeah. So if you want to get more information on that, we'll put the link in the show notes. Get that Elton John book. One if there's an audio version that he reads. So that'd be wonderful if he needs somebody to read the audio he could get us to read it you're uh you are gonna be partaking in your first audiobook read aren't you first audiobook I started doing an audiobook for audible and people I who are will, not a sponsor so you know're not a yeah uh, but I will let people know when it's out there so they can uh download it and uh and listen if you want to hear more of Mario's melodious voice exactly and learn about CBd CBd that's the uh topic of the book so it's topical for us topical topical yep topical topical beautiful um, yeah all right you got a plane to catch so we're gonna wrap this up thank you everybody so much for listening mario thank you for making the flight up always always a pleasure brother yes and it was a great party got to see you and your beautiful wife so thank you everyone for checking it out please check us out at skibumpodcast.com we have all the links there socials twitter instagram facebook we are at bum podcast. One an email podcast at gmail.com Subscribe, rate the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We're also on YouTube, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. so many things. But yeah, thank you again so much for listening and those who made it out. Thank you again. We will talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluted. See you.